Hi, this is Mike Young with Noble Warriors, and I want to welcome you to the Noble Man Podcast. Uh, this week, it's episode number 25, The Noble Man Pursues a Proven Path. Now, we're going to talk about that. That's a proven path to purity, and it comes under the umbrella of our theme this month, which is The Noble Man Walks with Sexual Integrity. So I'm thankful that we have uh, with us today Marshall Shank. Marshall is the Outreach Director for a national ministry, really, that's headquartered right here in Virginia, in Lynchburg. Uh, it's called Proven Men. So, Marshall, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for having me, man. Well, I, I we've interacted with each other a number of times at conferences and various events uh, over the years, but I don't think I've ever sat down with you one-on-one and heard your story and had a conversation like this. So I'm uh, yeah. very much looking forward to this. So uh, thanks. You've already said you're an open book. You're transparent. So Tell us a little bit about where you are in life. What what's uh, what's the Marshall Shank story in history so far? Yeah, yeah. So far, um, so like you said, I, I I'm the director of outreach at uh, Proven Men. I've been here for four years. Um, I've also been married to my wife for four years this summer. So um, newly married, just turned 27. So um, about to enter into my 30s, which is exciting. Wow. Um, so yeah, I live here in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, do prove them in full time. Um, it's interesting uh, the question of where am I at in real time. I uh, last Wednesday um, sat down with a counseling friend of mine, and so uh, <laughs> to answer that question is a whole lot harder now than it would have been <laughs> last week. Um, yeah, just uh, learning to live uh, in a way that's honoring to God and who God is and who Jesus is and how. Uh, in his easy yoke in the kingdom and how to build it. And so I think, um, so yeah, real time Marshall, uh, just, uh, praying a lot recently, uh, about, um, who I am, who's God, who God has called me to be, um, and, um, and how to, how to walk in this, this new kingdom that he's building and to help build a bit alongside of him. So, uh, yeah, that's a snapshot for sure. Yeah. But, so I, I have to tell you folks, uh, Marshall, has like a kicking mustache and uh he he does uh sometimes the old school waxing the handlebar mustache and it's just sweet yeah. and and he carries himself with a level of maturity that is uh just amazing and so when he tells us that he's 27 years old that uh surprises me i i'm still surprised by it because of the way he walks and carries himself and that awesome mustache so um, yeah. sneak over to provenmen.com, I think it is, or is it .org? It's org. org uh, provenmen.org yeah. and check out Marshall Shank. We'll, we'll give you a link to that. But um, I'm yeah. so thankful to have you here. Now, tell me, 27 years old, you've been working with Proven Men for four years. So you started mm -hmm. when you were 23 in, yeah. in full-time ministry. So um, tell us, first of all, tell us what Proven Men is and then how you came to be affiliated with Proven Men. Yeah, so Proven Men is a sexual integrity ministry. So we work with uh, organizations, churches, families, and individuals to be able to provide them uh, the necessary resources to be able to live a life of sexual integrity. And so our vision as a ministry is to see a revival of sexual integrity among the entire bride of Christ. And so um, with that in mind, um, having come to Proven Men, so uh, I had just gotten married. Um, I was struggling. Um, I had struggled with pornography 
pornography since the age of 12. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that carried into my marriage. Uh, my wife and I didn't do a good job of stewarding our sexual relationship well. We had had sex before we had gotten married. Uh, she's the only person that I had sex with prior to that. Um, and so moving into marriage, pornography was something that uh, I was still actively using for the first three months. And so it's funny. Uh, it's not funny. It's devastating. But I, uh, I was working three different part-time jobs. I was working at a machine shop as, um, now, not were only you in Lynchburg. Uh, I was living in Lynchburg and working all over. So I'm from okay. Roanoke, Virginia originally. Gotcha. Um, so I was traveling to Roanoke to work for my uncle and his machine shop building retaining walls and machining. Um, yeah. not, not fun work. I'll be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I was uh, working at a cigar shop. Uh, that's probably where the mustache came from. Yeah, for uh, sure. Sells cigars. Uh, and then working at a coffee shop as well, just trying to make ends meet because I have to feed a wife now. That's a new responsibility. Sure. Um, and so for me, like, uh, I was doing all of that and I was still actively struggling with pornography in secret and hadn't told my wife. She knew that that was a struggle that I'd had in the past, but um, didn't know that the past was that morning. Um, that wasn't a framework that she had. And so Nick uh, Liberto, who's the executive director here right. at Proven Men, um, was a friend of mine. Um, he needed space. He needed work uh, for Proven Men. It had grown to the point that uh, he had needed somebody to come on. I was a biblical studies major. Um, I could talk a lot, so that fits the role really yeah. well. And so uh, he had asked me for my resume. And so actually my first interview uh, with Joel Hesh, the founder of the ministry, uh, he asked me, when's the last time you watched pornography? And, um, which is a weird thing to ask, be asked in a job yeah. interview, but it makes sense. Um, and I told him it, it, at that point, it'd probably been two weeks. Um, and he said, well, does your wife know? And I said, no. And he said, okay, well, you're going to go home and tell her. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. And he was like, no, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you, you're going to go home and tell her. And I was like, okay. And, you know, he worked out the details for me, where's she at, where will she be at this time when you get home? And so that night I told her, uh, sat down with her and, uh, man, my relationship with my wife changed dramatically. It was just a beautiful, I know this isn't every man's story, but it sure. was just a beautiful, uh, freedom found in our relationship. And, um, and I was free. And so at that point I started going through proven men shortly after that got hired by them. Um, so I learned about proven men the same time that I was learning that there was a job about proven men at the same time learning that I needed proven men in my life. And so, uh, it quite literally what God had done through that study had radically changed who I was, uh, radically shaped my marriage. And so, um, for me, proven men is, a um, man, it's the, it, it's the place that I can point to. It's the community that I can point to. It's the study that I can point to what God did in that, that 12 week period of time. Um, I don't know if I could do anything else at this point. So, uh, I feel, I feel obligated and, yeah. uh, to the men who don't yet know. And, uh, in a lot of ways, uh, thankful that I feel stuck, you yeah. know, I just can't do it. I'll do this till I die, you know? So, wow. um, cause I love it so much. So, yeah. Well, I th thanks so much for that testimony and your honesty. Yeah. I, um, I want to hit a couple of points there. Um, First off, you said you you were exposed to pornography and had been struggling with it since you were 12, I think. Yeah, 12, and, yeah. And uh, I, I told you but right before we came on, we did the survey and asked guys about their first exposure. And mm -hmm. uh, most of the people who responded told us that it was the 10 to 12 age range for their first exposure. Yeah. And uh, in many cases, they told us how they um, were exposed. And a lot of times it was parents who had magazines or an uncle or a 
a cousin yeah. or a relative or or something. Um, and and so it was intriguing that it was often family related. Um, there were also quite a few stories of guys finding magazines that had been dumped in the woods or somebody kept in a treehouse or something. Um, so what? Where was your first exposure? Yeah, on the school bus um, uh, on my way home. Um, you know the classic middle school yeah. wanting to shock. Um, come look at this, and that was my first. Yeah, at, at age twelve on the school bus. That was the first time that I ever watched pornography, and from there, you know, I didn't really. My family was a little old fashioned, so I didn't really have access to those things. I didn't. Right. I, I was curious about them, but. Um, that that exposure to pornography led me down a path of um, secretly and sneakily going through and and um, yeah going through Google and trying to find what I could yeah. on the family computer um, and that had just progressed. When I got to high school, I got my own laptop, and then when I went to college, I was free to do whatever I wanted and um, and yeah, I was at that point I was heavily addicted. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's shocking you say like 10 to 12 is the average from your poll. I, I, 11, I think, is the average uh, yeah. or was the average about four years ago. And now they're learning that eight years old is now the new average, um, which is shocking. Yeah, so. I think it's trending down because of the digital world that we live in, uh, for yeah. sure. You know, let me let me also say that um, obviously when, when you were being interviewed by Joel and Nick, it was for mm-hmm. a job r- with a ministry related to sexual integrity. So completely fair for them to ask you when was the last time you were uh pursued pornography yeah Um, for sure i know that every guy is fearful of that question that's one of the reasons that getting Mm. guys into accountability groups is so challenging because everyone's fearful that they're going to have to answer that question and it's uh Mm. it's just very revealing for a lot of guys and so that's why i've started asking about the first exposure as -hmm. opposed to the most recent exposure because i think out of 150 guys who did our uh, survey response, only three said that they had never been re- uh, exposed. That's awesome. And so what I find there is that if we can agree that everyone's been exposed in some way, then what uh, we're all on the same level ground in yeah. terms of uh, having to wrestle with this in some way. Yeah, so. and I like I like the way that you frame that question. Um because, and uh, I say that's awesome to only three people. You said yeah. only three people. I say that's awesome because I've only ever met two. Yeah. Um, and so to know, I, I know the UK tried to do a study on the negative effects of pornography on the brain. Um, they started the study. They went five years trying to gather a sample size of people who have never watched pornography or seen pornography and people that have just to be able to study the differences between the two. And they had to shut down the study after five years because they couldn't find enough people who hadn't viewed pornography ever. Yeah to be able to actually conduct the study. And so, yeah, I, I realized I said, that's awesome. And it probably could have been taken a weird way, but I mean, like to know, to, to think about a life, um, you know, yeah. in my line of work, I don't come across people who don't watch pornography or don't struggle with some form of sexual lust, you know? Yeah. And so to hear that, man, that's just a really exciting thing. Um, well, and I think that's a goal for us, uh, as, as we have kids. I mean, I've got three sons sure. and a daughter and I would love to be able to say that they have never been exposed, but our, our world, um, it, it, Satan is just so insidious in, in the mm-hmm. way that he pursues kids. And, uh, and just because you are actively involved in a local church and you go to, a Christian school or your homeschooled or or whatever, 
Mm-hmm. Um, this this uh, nemesis finds its way into all the nooks and crannies of life for sure. So yeah. um, we've got a lot of work to do to guard our hearts and, and our minds and, and our children, guard the gates of our home as well. Yeah. So, hey, um, I know you, you talked about helping the bride of Christ deal with yeah. this. Yeah. And I... Um, Noble Warriors is all about the church. I mean, that's our our mission is that we serve churches as they equip men to walk with Christ and lead well. And I believe that there are many men who are not leading in their homes and in the church because of this particular issue. I think lots mm. of guys look good on the outside, but they know there's there's some shame, there's some guilt, there's some some uh disgust, if I may say that, even with themselves over this issue of sexual sin, lust, sexual thoughts, even if they're not actively pursuing it, man, your head's filled with images. I know I've I've got images in my head from things I've seen. And, Mm -hmm. And so it's a constant battle. And Satan will use that to take men out of, um, a sense of being leadership qualified. Mm. So how are you guys working with the local church to, invest in men to help them navigate this, to help them walk in victory and purity. What does that process look like with the local church? Yeah. So I think, I think you said it partnering alongside the church rather than just being a program for the church is kind of our language. Um, and, and the reason for this is, so our stuff is based off two principles. One freedom is found through an intimate and consistent relationship with Christ. Yeah. Right. Getting men to the place where, and, and you guys do this really well at noble warriors, challenging men to live, live a life that's connected to Jesus in relationship through the frustration, through the shame, through the guilt and processing that in relationship with Jesus, rather than just um, an obligation to him, I think would probably be the way to say that. Um, And then the second principle is out of James 5, 16, you must confess your sins to one another and pray with one another so that you may be healed. Um, I'm not God. If I was, I wouldn't have designed it that way (laughs) um, because I'm an introvert at heart. Um, I, it's frustrating sometimes to have to have one another, but we do. Our yeah. contingency uh, for healing is on one another. And so uh, we don't think that there's a better place for people to do that than the people that they worship alongside of, yeah. right? A place where you come to worship God and get to know him in community, be discipled. That's the place that that should happen. And that's the place of the local church. Yeah. So for us, we want to partner with them. So when we, we have groups, so the way the I talked a little bit about a study. We have a 12 week study that's uh, devoted to uh, every single day. Men are going to sit down and, and pray and uh, read. They're going to do heart work, which is self-reflection in the presence of God. Um, they're going to do that on their own time in their own study. And then from there, um, they're going to move into once a week meeting in a small group setting. Uh, ideally that's in the local church, uh, men that they worship alongside of talking about the struggles, talking about what they're going through, talking about how, how that week went and then learning together about God in that setting. And so for us, the partnership with the local church is simply uh, entering into a relationship with them where we can resource them the best way that we know how with all the resources that we have in a long-term partnership rather than just in a short-term program. Um, um, We want to, the churches that use proven men, uh, they've used us for 10 years uh, and they've done two groups every single year. Um, And so that kind of relationship creates a culture of, of sexual integrity inside the walls of the church where men don't have to feel afraid to talk about the things that they're struggling with. They can actually be honest with what God's doing in their life and where they need to grow. And, uh, 
and that kind of relationship with the church is not something that I, I had, um, right. but it's something that I have now. And it's, uh, man, it's, it's really beautiful to watch those communities grow. So, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you so, so much bringing this up. I, um, so the previous podcast episode, episode 24, I, I did with a friend of mine who's been through an entire sexual integrity, uh, sexual addiction uh, struggle in his life. He ended up uh, probably 15 or more years ago going away for six weeks to an inpatient yeah. uh, treatment, some intense counseling. He found that his his addiction, uh, addictive behavior actually came out of some trauma in his life. And that's not everyone's story. Sure. sure. But here's one of the things that we talked about in that podcast. He came back and um, he will even now go to AA meetings sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the reason that he does is because just the pure honesty of people who are willing to say, this is where I am. This is where I struggle. And that community is so valuable. Yeah. Now I bring that up because he comments that churches struggle to foster groups that can truly have that level of transparency and honesty. And it's, again, it's Satan at work encouraging mm -hmm. us to keep our sin secret, to hide it in a closet and to not shine the light on it. Um, because churches, although Christ is gracious and um, and forgiving. The members of the church aren't always filled with that same level of grace. And so sure. how how are you going about building those communities where there is raw, mm -hmm. honest, open truth? What does that look like in the proven experience? Yeah, so uh, we don't waste any time, as you can imagine, after my story about talking with Joel in the yeah. interview. Um, the biggest thing, and, and my role really revolves around this here, Proven is, uh, I reach out to churches. I reached out to five churches before we got on the phone right. here. Um, and so, um, when I reach out to a church, my goal is to find, uh, the guy like your friend, yeah. um, who's got a story, who, uh, finds, he knows what it means to, for Christ to be strengthened in his weakness or for us to find strength in our weakness, for Christ to show his strength in our weakness, right. um, is I think the way I should say that. Um, and so in that, like, we're looking for that guy to be able to take up the mantle. And so for week one, when you sit down with your group of guys, um, maybe in some context, you've already gone through the first week of study. Most of the time you're not, this is your first exposure. Um, you sit down in a group and, and the leader starts, uh, the leader starts every time. And in our leader's guide and in, you know, their relationship with me and through other resources that we offer the church, uh, they're highly encouraged to just hang it all out there. Yeah. Uh, this is a closed door, right? We have rules like the things that are shared in this space aren't shared anywhere else right. in this space. Um, like this is a safe place for you to be able to share those things. We're not going to gossip to everybody else. We close the door. We make sure it's a place where um, you're able to share fully. We don't want to be hidden from the church because this is a good thing. Right. It's a good thing to be a man of sexual integrity and a strive for sexual integrity. But we do want the closed doors to be able to have those raw conversations because not everybody's privy to them, right? Uh, right. Bethel, who's 80 years old um, and a great saint for the faith, um, she may not be privy to this information, right? Um, which makes sense. And so we, 
We sit down, the leader starts and he shares really raw story. And then he invites other men to share those stories as well. Um, their stories. So that first day when you sit down, that leader leads the way. And I always say, um, if you're worried about the towing the line between vulgarity and being nice and being saying, you know, the cute thing, right. I would always rather you end up on vulgarity and apologize for it later yeah. because what men need to hear, especially in a church context, like saying the word pornography in church might be weird for some churches. Yeah. Um, and for your friends, masturbation is even a harder word to yeah. say in the local church. We talked about right. that during the last podcast. And, uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, let's face it, if you're going to look at porn, uh, and it takes you to its ultimate end, it's, there's a physical release through masturbation. I mean, uh, that's yeah. God's God built these systems for us and Satan has corrupted them, uh, because we've allowed him to. Right. So, yeah. 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 And so we want to create that space week one, day one. And now men, men will share what they're free to share. But the challenge is like, if there's not, if, if this isn't the place that you can share it, I don't know where you can. Like, yeah. I just, like if, if you, if you can't hear a story from a leader that's raw, honest, real and be, and, and have this space where these, we're all in the same boat. All these men are all in the same boat and you can't share it here. I don't know where you can. And so anytime I lead a proven men group, like I gave you the the quick snip version, but there's there's a lot of details to that story yeah. that I am I am open and sharing. And so working with a leader to be able to get him to that place is uh, is the, is open and honesty. You said uh, walking the proven path, the O in proven as an acrostic or an acronym. I never know which one's which, but um, the O is open and honest. Um, if the leader isn't leading in open and honesty, especially on week one, then you will, you will have another group. Now I have yet to see a proven men group where that's the case. Um, I think, I think the tendency is to think that men are less willing to share. And I think I, I'm starting to believe after four years in this ministry that men are desperate to share. they just don't feel safe to share. Yeah. So when you create that space where men feel safe to be able to share those things without you know, being burned at the stake out back after service on Sunday. Um, when you have that space and you invite that space, I've never seen a man not, um, in all, and, and I deal with every single group that exists. Yeah. I've never heard, I've never heard of a situation where that's the case. So, um, so yeah, I think men are desperate to share and it's just taking a guy and encouraging him to lead the way in that. And once you do, um, the church can be the place where the floodgates um, can open up. It yeah. just, it just has to be, you have to catalyze it and create, it just doesn't happen. And it really, it takes one man. It takes yeah. one leader that says, you know, screw all this, right? Screw all the things that I'm not supposed to say. I'm going to say it because this is what matters. And Jesus is working in my heart and I'm not going to be afraid to yeah. shine glory on what he's done in my life. I can't. And that can't. is so liberating to the guy if handled well, it can be very liberating in his marriage with his wife. Yeah. I mean, when, yeah. when we start uh, being honest um, and and giving God the glory for that, this is not self glorification. Um, yeah. Then it changes things. Hey, let me let me ping on a couple of things that you said there. One, sure. uh, a safe place where nothing goes out of this. I just had a conversation, uh, and I won't give too much context, but. Um, someone said, Hey, it's okay. If I tell my wife what went on in the small group, does, does your wife know what goes on in your small mm. group? And I said, you know what? There are a lot of things that get talked about in our group that my wife, Stacy has no need to know. And there is no need for me to betray the trust of the guys. And so, 
you know, this is something that you guys need to talk about. And I'm speaking to our audience here about small group dynamics. If, if you go home and tell your wife something and she in confidence tells someone else something, then all of a sudden it can become a train wreck. And, um, so guys, the, the creating the safe space, you have to understand the rules and abide by them. So, uh, yeah. you want to comment on that, Marshall? Yeah. Well, I think you're spot on. Yeah. I, it's weird. I do this full time. So when my wife asked me how work was, I've got stories of men who are struggling yeah. on the, on the end of that. And now most of the time, like you, like they're men all over the world. So yeah. it's like, you know, but when it comes to my group, when it comes to my group of men that she knows, um, yeah, the, I could tell you how my group would without giving you details about somebody's story. Right. I can. And I think that's the beauty of the body of Christ, right? Like I think, I think sometimes the church thinks that marriage is the ultimate form of relationship when it comes to Christianity. And I just don't see that. Right. I see Paul talk about marriage as like a really beautiful mirror into what it looks like for God to love his church. I see that. And I think it's a beautiful thing, yeah. but, but I see more often the, the new Testament talking about the pictures that we have for, the church in the body as uh, a body, right? An actual mm-hmm. body or a family. And I think that, you know, I'm subject to the body more than I'm subject to my wife in the picture that we're creating. Our marriage is subject to the local church and the body that God has built up. And so I think keeping the respective uh, understanding of that um, and then be able to not hide from your wife what you're going through or what, you know, what you're struggling with, but being able to be uh, open but not. Uh, not revealing in somebody else's story that it's not yours to share and yeah. being able to be present to them still without having to worry about telling so-and-so it's yeah, absolutely necessary. Yeah. Uh, it's absolute no go if yeah. uh, to use Marshall Shank's words. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's so, a no go. Yeah. You know, the other thing that, that caught my attention that you uh, commented on there is uh, men telling their story. And I, I mentioned to you earlier, we do this one quick question survey on a weekly basis. And um, the survey that's up right now um, as as we record this is, have you ever told your story of sexual purity to anyone? And mm-hmm. when I last checked on it, it's only been up for about 24 hours. Um, it was trending about two thirds have told their story and about one third have not, I think. Mm. Um, but I, I wonder to how much detail... And um, I, I would agree with you that men are, they need to share that. They feel like it, it unburdens them if they can tell their story in a place where they're honest. And so I just applaud you guys at, at Proven for creating that space. I'll, I'll mention Better Man is, um, is a new tool that's coming out. Now, it's broad, just biblical manhood. And one of the aspects of that is that you, um, you create space for guys to, in their small group, tell their whole story, not just their sexual story, but, you know, their relationship with their dad or their mom or, you know, whatever is. Um, and I think there's this deep desire, um, just affirming what you said, that men really desire to, to be known and to mm-hmm. know other men at that level. It's, uh, there's something that's uh, unmasking about that, that that gets us to a real place very quickly. So yeah. I just yeah, we'll affirm see. that. Um, now, let me, you mentioned that proven is an acronym or an acrostic and you're not sure which, and I, yeah, whatever those are. <laughs> yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm not sure which it is either, but would you go because proven really does each letter stands for something. Joel kind of mm-hmm. mapped this out in his journey. And so just, uh, 
tell us what the, each of the letters in proven stand for because it it begins to create the formula that you guys uh, encourage guys uh, men to use to walk in sexual integrity. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think more than formulaic, it's uh, an identifier relationship, okay. right? It identifies like. Um, Yes, the path to walk, uh, but also for me anyway, it's like checks, right? Like yeah. it's a check-in to whether. So to start, P is proven as uh, passionate for God. So um, are you passionate for God, right? Are yeah. you living a life where you're in relationship with him? You're passionate about what he's passionate about. You're in relationship, um, consistent relationship with him would be the quick summary of that. Uh, the R is repentant in spirit, um, living a life that's repentant, not just um, saying you're sorry for something, but turning from that and living in relationships where maybe you uh, you can repent to others and have each other hold you accountable to that. Obviously, I said this before, but the O is open and honest. Um, with open and honesty, it's living a life where it is that understanding that in my weakness, he's made strong, right? He is, he is strong. And so I don't have anything to hide. Um, I think I think we all want vulnerable conversations and vulnerable relationships. I think we've all been in situations where we've been, you're sitting down with somebody and you care about them and they're not actually saying what they actually feel. And that's hurtful in a certain way. So being the type of man that leads in a way that's open and honest in all conversations, uh, Jesus is still working in Marshall Shank, right? Like yeah. I don't, I don't have it all figured out, right? I can say like Wednesday, my life was turned upside down a week ago. Cause I, I don't have it all figured out. Um, and living that kind of life is, I think, not only inviting to other believers to be able to share their story, but also non-believers in your evangelism. So um, the V is victorious and living. Um, and victory has kind of been reworked uh, in the idea of most of the time when we think of victory from sexual integrity or for sexual integrity, we think, okay, well, we're not watching pornography anymore. And here's my timeline. Here's long, how long I've been. And I think victory is more about entering into a deeper, more consistent relationship with Jesus where repentance and confession are a part, a daily practice of your life. And when you have a setback, it doesn't jeopardize your understanding of the gospel, right? A lot of men who have a setback is it's, well, how could God love me? How could God love me after I went this long to go through it? It's like, man, you still have a ton to learn about the gospel. And so that consistent progress of being victorious and living is, is different now than it was when I started proving then. Uh, I understand it differently anyway. Um, the E is eternal in perspective. Uh, that's a part of it. Um, I may be 27, but I'm never going to die. Yeah. Um, the reality of it is, is I, I am an eternal being that will live in eternal relationship with Jesus. And the part of sanctification is getting to know him and looking like him um, and resting with him um, as, as a man. And so, um, keeping that eternal perspective in the daily battles. I, I had a conversation with my wife last night. It was like, listen, Joe, like these, this was the, this was the hand that we were dealt in marriage. These are the struggles that we're going to contend with in marriage. It's like, and, and I'm really excited that I have a lifetime with you, right? Yeah. Like I'm really excited that whatever time that I have and you have that we get to work on this together. And I'm stoked about that. And broadening that perspective of like the now problems that need to be fixed. It's like, listen, like I'm a, I'm a big old work in progress. and and we have a we have a lifetime to be able to resolve these issues. That's that's freeing in a way. Um, and then lastly, network with other proven men. So this is the key aspect. When guys graduate through the study, um, one of the things that we uh, offer is go through it again. Right? I had yeah. to go through it twice before the principle stuck in my life. That's that's normal, right? Like the time management of sitting down with the Lord and enjoying that time with Him is is 
I had, I had 12 years of battling with pornography. I wasn't going to unlearn that in a matter of minutes. And so um, go through it again or take up the mantle and lead. Uh, you know what it's like. You know what open and honesty feels like. You And now create that domain around yourself, right? Uh, we are all kingdom makers, right? We are all invited into the kingdom of God and then invited to build it alongside of God. And so with that in mind, um, within the things that you've learned about, it's no secret that men are struggling. Yeah. Absolutely no secret. And so we want to invite you into keeping that network alive, keeping that community alive. So that's proven. Wow. I love it. So let me just, I uh, just to open up my uh, proven workbook here. And so just to hit those again, P is passionate for God. R is repentant in spirit. O is open and honest. V is victorious in living. E is eternal in perspective. And N is networking with other proven men. So um, really tight and well-organized, um, God-honoring, and mm-hmm. uh, consistent with Christian living. So uh, yeah, uh, it, it's really easy to share that with folks. Now, let me I, I give Joel a hard time. Um, Joel is a law professor at Liberty, right? Uh, and, yes. And yeah. uh, so I remember picking this up the first time when I saw it, and I said, holy cow, it looks like an attorney wrote this. And then I found out that, lo and behold, an attorney wrote it. And, I, and, and so I give, <laughs> yeah. him a little, I give him a little crap every once in a while. But yeah. it is comprehensive, it's deep, and um, but it's effective. Mm-hmm. And, and so... Um, Guys, I would just say to you, this this whole proven men model. I know guys have been through it. Uh, I, I'm familiar with churches who are using this, and it is effective. Now, that's not to say that there aren't other effective tools out there, but sure. I can tell you, you're not going to make it to the the a victorious pathway without putting some work into this. Um, <laughs> And without bearing your soul and emptying yourself before God and before other men. And so there is work involved. And if it's not founded on Scripture and uh, Christ is not the center of it, then it, it, it's um, you're just not going to get to the place where you need to be. So it's so mm-hmm. worth the work. Um, Marshall, tell us, how would a guy, if a guy is listening to this and he said, you know what? I, I I need this. I'm I'm looking for some help. I need some resources. This sounds like it could be a great tool for me. Tell us how a guy gets connected with proven men and what some next steps might look like. Yeah, the easiest thing to do uh, on our website, if you go to provenmen.org, um, right there at the very first thing that you'll see is our, our encouragement series. Uh, that's designed as a you have two options. Hey, I want to lead. Like maybe you're listening to this and you're like, Hey, this is something that I went through. I want to step up and open and honestly, there's an option for that. Or, Hey, this is something I'm actively battling in in secret and I need some help. Um, there's a button for that as well. So, Hey, I'm struggling. I'm struggling through this issue or I want to lead in this issue. So, uh, when you fill that form out, it comes to the right people here on staff. Um, uh, the outreach department is two guys. I'm one of them. Um, so if you're a leader and you want to talk, uh, I will reach out to you and we'll set up a phone call and have a conversation about what it looks like in your context. Because uh, obviously I don't know who you are, so yeah. let's learn about your context, what your story is, and then how to get it plugged in where in your context the best way. Um, but if you're struggling through this, uh, I have a guy that we uh, that's on staff here. His name's Kale Baker. He's our outreach coordinator. Uh, if you're struggling with that, like. Uh, reach out to him, fill out that encouragement series. Uh, he'll be in touch with you. Have a phone call with him. He is, um, 
he's one of the best men that I know. Um, I, I, he's awesome. He's an awesome human being. He's, he's a good man. Um, and then he'll work with you to try to get you plugged into this context because maybe your church isn't ready to get it started at the church, but maybe you have a guy in your life that would be able to walk with you through this. Um, and I wanted to say this too, if you're a woman listening to the Nobleman podcast, we, and you're like, man, this is something I struggle with. Uh, we have proven women. Um, we have a, a 12 week workbook study to be able to go through. If you're struggling like this with a woman, we understand it's not a man, solely a man's issue. And so, uh, we have that. And if you're a guy listening to this and you're like, uh, man, like, what do I tell my wife? Like I was when I was, <laughs> you know, yeah. pressed in my interview, we, we just launched this year, a proven wives devotional. So for your wife who's struggling, you, this, these things are coming out. We are here for you in yeah. all contexts to be able to try to guide and lead and, and love well. And so we have a six week independent study that your wife can do to try to process, um, the conversations ahead. I know, that seems like a scary challenge for a lot of people who are listening here. Maybe somebody just shut it off. You know, I've been there. Yeah. Um, but if you're stuck around, um, don't wait, don't wait. Um, man, the gospel is good. Jesus is good. He's so good. He loves you so much. And so please don't wait to find freedom. Don't wait to, to connect with him. Um, even though the road ahead looks scary, man, it's from a person who's went through that road. It is so worth it. So worth it. So that's my encouragement provenmen.org fill out the encouragement series yeah it, jesus is in the business of redemption and restoration um and so actually the guy who was on uh the the previous podcast if you didn't listen to episode 24 go back and listen to my friend mike's story and he actually cashed out part of his 501 uh his 401k his retirement so that he could go and get some treatment and and yeah. I asked him, hey, was that investment, what you lost there, was it worth what you ended up with, with a healthy marriage, healthy children, healthy relationships? And he said, I would do it all over again. And mm. so, guys, if if you're looking at this and the mountain seems too large and it's too daunting, uh, just remember that Christ brings hope into all of those situations and yeah. um, he can restore what the locusts eat and— um, what gets destroyed by Satan, Christ can restore in some way. It may not come back the same way, but it can come back. And so don't be uh, intimidated by how hard it looks. Uh, be encouraged by the hope that you see on the other end. That's what Christ modeled for us. That for the hope set before him, he endured the cross. And Amen. so um, that's a big piece of this. Now, Marshall, let me let me just finish us off with this, because you've talked about we've talked about men, husbands, uh, we've talked about wives. I'm glad you brought up the Proven Women thing. I've got the Proven Women's workbook sitting here on my desk as well. But I wanted to talk about young men. Mm -hmm. um, you said you were exposed at 12, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you also said you were a biblical studies major. Yeah. My guess is that you were in, you talked about your, your family being a fairly conservative family. So you were mm -hmm. probably in the church. Mm -hmm. Um. I would guess. Am I right or wrong on that? Uh, it's way more complicated than yesterday. Uh, my parents were divorced. Okay. So when I was, uh, it was on and off for, at okay. best growing okay. up. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, at 14 years old, I, I gave my life to Jesus and was in the church every single Sunday um, leading and participating. So um, yeah. 
And there are some who would say, well, you gave your life to Christ. This should have gone away. The new man should have said, I'm dead to sin. But it doesn't just always work like a switch flipping off and on, does it? No. And um, Confidently, no. So what advice would you give uh, to the father of sons especially, but but daughters as well? But for, for right now, let's talk about sons. Yeah. What would have helped you, um, or what do you see helping in situations where teenagers are battling this, and often they are just as fearful, if not more fearful, to be honest and open about what they're wrestling with? Yeah, I'll be honest with you, Mike. In a lot of ways, uh, I, my wife and I don't have kids yet, so yeah. the reality of how daunting those conversations are, I can't really empathize with the fear of the conversations because I don't know what that's like, but my encouragement is the same to the family as it is to the church, creating a culture of sexual integrity in your home. And the way that you do that is through open and honesty, right? Admitting your, I guess, right? Like, again, like I'm speaking yeah. out of my turn here, but um, one but of the things that I encourage. With great wisdom. So yeah, yeah, help yeah. yourself. Keep going, bud. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you have the conversations. We're sexual beings. Yeah. Um it's not taboo to call a penis a penis. Right. Um, we don't need to call it something else. Um, and what's beautiful about calling some, well, I just learned this. I, I had a podcast the other day with Freedom 424. And um, I learned in that podcast that that's my, that's my suggestion is if even at an early age, like a penis is a penis, call it a penis. And one thing that you learn is like if your friends are talking about, the male or female genitalia in a different way, then you'll know it because yeah. you, you know, that's a euphemism that we don't use here in this house. That's helpful. But also freedom 424 is a ministry that works with anti-sex trafficking. And yeah. one of the things that they learned is that calling, uh, in a, in a child molestation situation, if the child says, why are you touching my penis or why are you touching my vagina? It takes the innocence away from the allure to, mess with this kid yeah. um, to harm this child. And in a lot of cases, that is the antidote to being able to save them. So I, one, I didn't know that blew my mind. I gave that advice. I had no idea that, that was context. And that's, that's new. Absolutely great. So just have the conversations, like have the conversations around sex. There's a really good, uh, I think we're doing a podcast today with Proven Men's doing a podcast today with a lady who wrote uh, Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Yeah. It's a children's book. There's a junior version as well. Uh, so there's an adolescent and then like a, a little more adolescent. I don't know what the term is, uh, not teenager, but a little more adolescent. Um, and you can have those conversations around um, and be honest, open about your past failures with your kids, warning them like, hey, listen, like this is something that it's just something that they're going to face. Yeah. Um, being able to have the protective measures, but more than protective measures, have the proactive conversations with your children and not just conversation, right? It's not just the birds and the bees conversation. I was going to tag on that. You use plural. Yeah. It's more than one conversation. Exactly. Conversations. Uh, yeah. Because I mean, I'm 27 and I'm still curious about sex, yeah. right? Like I I'm still learning new things. It's like, and that's the beauty. By in it. God's so, design. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so if if your eight-year-old child is interested or curious, it's not a bad thing. Have those conversations, be candid, and then, you know, be the place of hope and healing for your kids to be able right. to come. And so, um, yeah, for Proven Men, we've thought about uh, what it looks like to do a Proven Teens model, um, but what we've done in the interim, and I think it's really healthy, is just having dads go through with their sons or moms go through with their daughters uh, through the Proven Men study. 
uh, walking through with them and having those conversations at an age appropriate. I don't know your child, you know, your child better than I do, but just assume, right. If I was exposed to the age 12, and you hear your in your own poll, you you see ten to thirteen, you know ten to fourteen range, and we know on a national poll that the average age is looking more like eight. Then I having the conversations earlier than later, I think, is probably a fair assumption. I don't, yeah. Again, I don't know what I feel because I don't have kids, but I imagine that that's a fair assumption. So that's my encouragement. Yeah. And I, so I'm glad you brought up the book about good pictures, bad pictures. I've heard of that. I don't have a copy yeah. of it. I know that. Um, uh, through family life, there's a series of books uh, that are mm-hmm. age appropriate to start introducing kids to healthy sexual conversations. Uh, yeah. And uh, ultimately, pointing back to the fact that this is God's design, it's his plan, and it's not dirty, it's not uh, corrupt, it's, it, 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 it can be corrupted, but it's Satan that corrupts it, it's, um, but it was designed beautifully. Mm-hmm. So um, we'll make sure that we give you a link to a couple of those resources. Um, well, listen, I'll say, I, I'll, sorry, I, I know I, I'm, I'm up against the clock yeah. <laughs> with my own schedule, but I'll say this when you are excited about baseball, like I'm not a baseball person. So, uh, uh, but you, you enjoy the game of baseball and you're showing your son the game of baseball. Um, there's no negative comments about the game of baseball. Right, you're not talking about how oh well they changed the rules now and you can't slide into home and have that massive hit at yeah. home plate anymore. It's like you're never going to have that conversation with your eight year old son about baseball. You're going to talk about the beauty and the purity and hitting the ball flush and the change of how understanding how to hit the ball on the bat right and the glove and how to catch these things. You're, you're experiencing those things and you're showing that experience in a really positive light. I think oftentimes because it's been so corrupted and maybe even in your own past it's been so corrupted, the tendency is to warn yeah right and then that gives a warning like sex is now comes yeah. with all these warnings but not all these beauties and so uh opening up yeah opening up about like how beautiful sex is and how god designed it and how um and and just yeah the dangers come with that in the same way that the dangers come with baseball uh, right i don't I don't think it's as fun to watch it on the screen as it is to watch it in person yeah um again i don't like baseball in general so that's probably a bad example but um you know, you, you, you talk with it with enthusiasm and how beautiful the game is. And I think that same relationship, understanding sex is something that's beautiful and enthusiastic that we, we get to enjoy from a really good God, right? He didn't yeah. have to make procreation feel good and he did. And that means a whole lot to me personally. Yeah, I'm absolutely. excited about that. And so, <laughs> um, and, and then you can frame it in, in conversations around, you know, with all good things comes good responsibility, uh, not to want to quote, uh, Spider-Man, I think is who said that. Um, right. But with all good things, there's, there's a cherishing of those good things. And this is how we cherish these things. Yeah. Um, wow. I think that's how to frame that conversation. Well, let me ask so. you one, one question and get you to respond quickly and then I'll let you go. Yeah. Hey, listen, we, we often talked about that. We use the term sexual purity and yeah. we left that and have gone to sexual integrity mm-hmm. and just talk about the nuance between those two and why we we mm. find ourselves more comfortably talking more realistically talking about sexual integrity rather than sexual purity yeah uh, and there's a really vivid picture in my mind i i think it was true love wins true i love think waits. waits thank you yeah, i don't know where uh, yeah true love waits i was in high school they passed around a white rose massive stadium right true love yeah. waits you i get your ring talk about purity um purity was their message 
And at the very end of, they pass around this rose all throughout this crowd and it gets back to beautiful rose, gets back to the speaker and it's disgusting. It's dirty. It's broken. It's gross. And the picture was, this is what it's like when you have sex with multiple people before marriage, you become disgusting, you become gross. And man, that is so, I'm sure well-intentioned, but way, way off of how God views his creation. Mm. Like, like the bride in her sin is walking down the, the aisle in white, in pure, like he is longingly, like when we, like that blows my mind when you're at a wedding and you all stand up and rise, that's the church coming down in the picture. Yeah. That's the church. That's like me. That's all my mistakes, my failures. And then to turn and look at the groom weeping in complete awe and love for her. That's how Christ sees us. And so, man, that picture in sexual purity is I think so ingrained in our minds that like, Oh, well, like I can no longer be pure or pure. like, it's just a weird way to understand it in light of the gospel. And so integrity, doing the right thing behind closed doors, living a life that's honest, living a life that's upfront, living a life that's raw, living the li- a life in the light, uh, I think is a way better picture. I, th- I think for me, that's sexual integrity. And also doesn't, we're not, we talked about pornography a lot, but man, my thought life can suck really. Oh, like I a talked lot about of that in the last podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I've, in the four years that I've been here, I've dealt with men who are cheating, actively cheating on their wives. I've dealt with men who are actively watching pornography. I've dealt with pastors who are struggling, youth pastors who are struggling with youth who are dressing the way that they're dressed. I've struggled. I've sat with men who are struggling with a whole array of things. When we're talking about sexual impurity or purity in general, we're talking about don't masturbate and don't watch porn. And I think God is calling us to so much bigger than yeah. that he's talking about like we i want to give you a new life not just a reformed one where you're acting the right way um and so yeah integrity i think holds all those things in that picture where purity doesn't um and a well-intentioned effort i'm sure um but man a really dangerous picture for a lot of people who may not have known christ in that situation and i trust that he's got it but um that's that's the framework in which I operate under the words. So love it. Well, I know we've had those conversations before. With I, I've talked with Nick about that, so I'm thankful yeah. for your giving some attention to that. Listen, I know you have to go. Thanks so much for your time, Marshall. Yeah. It was a wonderful conversation, and uh, we're going to point men to proven and uh, uh, to you uh, um, as a resource yeah. there. And yeah. so, uh, guys, I'm praying that we're going to see some Proven Men uh, groups launched out of this. Marshall, thanks be for awesome. being with us. God bless Thanks you for having me, man. Yeah, and again, ProvenMen.org, sign up for the Encouragement Series. We'll be there to help you out. Mike, it was an honor. Amen. I really like talking to you. I, I thought I wanted to sit down with you and hang out. I wish my day was a little more free so we could do this longer, but uh, we'll do I appreciate some more the of this. time. Thanks, yeah. brother. Take care. Yeah. God bless you. Take care, Mike. All right, Bye. thanks. Well, guys, that's the end of the Nobleman podcast, episode 25. The Nobleman pursues a proven path. Listen, it was great talking with Marshall today, and I'm hopeful that his words were helpful to you. If you've been blessed by this, would you like it? Uh, would you share it? Would you give us an honest um, five-star evaluation? We'd love to say that little ditty. Um, but, guys, we really are excited about helping you and your church um, grow in this area of sexual integrity. There's so much to do. So please check out provenmen.org, and um, we'll have some resources and some links down at the uh, in the show notes for this. Tune in with us next time. We'll do episode 26, The Noble Man Has a Renewed Mind, with our guest Steve Etner. God bless you, men. We'll talk to you next time.